0: today on the bill kelly show on 900 chml
1: i'm so excited because i get to host the return of tech talk with adam oldfield brought to you by vacuum man furnace and duct cleaning and if you haven't heard him before you will soon realize that adam is an uninterruptible power supply in and of himself what a week to bring him back so much going on hi adam Hi, Shona.
0: it's so good to be here. So glad to (laughs) join you and and be back talking about technology. I mean, it's been so long. I feel feel like I've got so much that's been sort of building up. You know, I took a break from technology, you know, and and I thought it was time for it just to like catch up. You know, we talked about it every week and I thought, well, maybe I've exhausted all things technology. So now I feel like there's enough to talk about, you know, there's enough going on in the world that it now deserves me to return and be able to join now. yourself but soon to be bill kelly and and listen folks i i'm really excited and i know i i kind of sound like a tesla battery that just got charged uh full full steam and you're gonna absolutely love and be enticed by all the things you're about to learn about what's been going on over the last few months
1: so is anything happening with twitter these days Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> conversation. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh oh, where do we
0: begin? Twitter really? is one of those. And I've been asked this many times based on the direction of what, you know, Elon Musk took over this. And if you haven't heard what's going on with Twitter, uh, Elon Musk bought it. Uh, then he ends up creating a kerfuffle, uh, then half the people are fired or they leave on their own, and now the he's put an ultimatum on the table. Uh, we've heard now that the very minimal amount of people are wanting to sign on, and and really, I've been saying this from the beginning, Shona, is that Twitter purchase was yes to, uh, uh, you know, Elon Musk talked about freedom of speech, and he he talked about what the merits of what Twitter needed to do and how it was going to make a difference, and when he took it on it needed to have a fresh and Uh, creative outlook of how it was going to work. The reality is, and this is a fact, uh, Elon Musk, yes, he's got some employee issues. And this goes with any purchase of a business. When you come in with a new owner and a new direction, you're going to shake some some trees. Some apples are going to fall. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, And it's going through, uh, I would say, a very quick change but it had 420 million people he's been shaking different direction to what how it works with the the little checkbox, and instead of two dollars it's eight dollars and and now we're seeing that twitter has obviously it still has some new uh growth pains to go through um but i can honestly say again back he brought in a bunch of his Tesla engineers. Now you gotta really ask yourself, okay, why is he bringing in Tesla engineers? Oh, I know. That's because he bought a 2004 system that's been collecting data that is harboring all this information of. Billions of users, even though 400 million are members, it's been really tracking all of us, even though you're not even on Twitter. You may have never even signed up for Twitter, but it has integrated over the last 15 years with websites, tracking, cookies of people, of buying habits, searching habits. All of this has been used by Twitter. That is what Elon Musk wants. That's what he's looking for is a foundation of, of a system that has been integrated uh, in the internet worldwide on how it's been able to collect why would he do that well we have a spacex program we have a tesla program that's why folks so don't look at it as he's helping freedom of speech he's really against the left wing the right wing the politics nah it's got nothing to do with any of it it's a a surface but the iceberg goes deep under the ocean when it comes to twitter so let me just caveat this with a option say you're so sick of Twitter you're just I want to be a part of something but I just can't get on that Twitterverse. well there is a new platform many users are leaping to and it's called Mastodon it is very similar to Twitter it is a uh social media open source platform their whole merit is that we aren't going to use your information for advertising purposes um and it is growing quite significantly. So all you Twitter users die hard. I can't live without tweeting. Uh, you have an option and it is called Mastodon and many, many Twitter users are moving into that universe. Uh, so you do have options other than Twitter.
1: Um, and don't they call their messages toots? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They call them toots. <laughs> I mean, not going to lie, not going to lie, kind of giggled at the old toot, uh, but uh, <laughs> And it's got also uh, again. It sounds it sounds like it's 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 a lot like Twitter, but they're working on micro servers. So when you sign up, you got to pick a country you want to be tooting on instead of tweeting on. And when you're in that country, you then are working in a in a environment of localized communication. So uh, I haven't been on. I don't think there's one set for Hamilton yet, but uh, I believe Canada has been set up. There's a Toronto, Vancouver, major cities. Uh, but they set up these servers where someone's got to house the individuals that come on um the concern with this system that is gaining popularity is that say for instance the local representative of a community or a city no longer wants wants to house that information uh you don't lose your data it doesn't get lost it just gets shut down and you then have to you're lost in the cyberspace until you join another server. It's not perfected at all, Shona. So I wouldn't really this isn't a recommendation to go forget Twitter, go to Mastodon and toot away. It's it's uh this is not not necessarily an endorsement of this social media to join.
1: Yeah, and and it's certainly not as big.
0: No, no, not at all. I I think, uh, you know, they were claiming they have 200,000 users. They're so excited. Well, they only had like 100,000 before that. So we're still far from the hundreds of millions of users that are still on the Twitterverse.
1: Well, and, you know, when you were talking about the real reason why Elon Musk purchased Twitter um you know and, th- and that uh, he really wanted all of the marketing data that goes along with it i guess yeah. then if you think about it buying twitter would be a lot less expensive than buying some of the other trackers like google
0: oh absolutely he got it for a steal i know there's a big joke about 44 billion wow what a you know that is crazy he lost lost his shirt the investors what were they thinking um no no he he harvested a great algorithm that has been perfected. I mean, Twitter wasn't making money. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily uh, the algorithm of of earning revenue like we've seen with Facebook and with Google and with with online ads. Um, it, it it was making money on revenue, and we saw that. And obviously, Elon Musk was hurt by the amount of how many advertisers dropped when they when they were obviously deciding whether this was something they wanted to continue. Uh, but it's really the intellectual property that what Twitter has, and and why, you know, again, we know that Elon Musk is involved in the e commerce. And again, I'm not endorsing e commerce cryptocurrency of, of any sort. It's been up and down. And it's all over the place right now. But it was one of another reason of which I know, uh, Elon Musk would definitely be taking interest in it. Um, Elon Musk was the founder of PayPal. If anyone doesn't know what PayPal is, it is one of the first founding fathers of where we were integrating online payments. So uh, he has a lot of understanding of payment online when it comes to this. Number two, I know that the Tesla uh, vision of the company in the future is it's not a car company. It has always been an innovation technology company. And that means it needs data. It needs human thought uh, or information that it could integrate. So, uh, and again, I'll preface this with, he could take a car with Twitter's information and be able to identify within the vehicle itself to be able to maximize human uh, actions. So uh, for example, you get in your car that you're in your vehicle, the, your phone's tracking when you leave, your phone phones tracking when you search for a pizza, you're and it's every Friday at this certain pizzeria. Uh, this information could be now incorporated within a Tesla. So you get your car, you tell Tesla, I want to go home. Uh, Tesla pulls out automatically orders that Hawaiian uh, pizza favorite with your crazy bread or, uh, you know, extra sauces on the side. This is where I I'm visioning what Elon is looking for. Then he adds a little payment caveat to it under the Twitter system that says your payment systems are preloaded. Uh, would you accept the payment of whatever, $39.99 or now at $70, whatever. Please place your hand on the screen for payment confirmation. That is where I see this moving forward with what
1: Elon Musk has done. So more of an integration of your smart car and your smartphone? Yes, that's that's
0: where the next evolution is going. Correct, and that's where he's taking the data portion and incorporating it in, in Tesla. That's my prediction.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he, you know, we know about the big properties that he has: Twitter now, Tesla, and uh, and SpaceX. But he also has a number of other different ventures. One of which I thought was really, really fascinating. Um, moving on, as we said, Adam, I know one of the issues you wanted to get into was Samsung.
0: Well, you know, I speak from personal experience when it comes to this, Shona. And and Bill and I have had the discussions for years over Apple versus Samsung or Android for that matter. But I I can speak from a specific experience. And I know right now with the holiday season coming up and we have the Black Friday sales that are rising and you're going to see the innovation of a folding Samsung phone. Now, I love my tech, Shona, and I I love to fold, baby. I love my folding phone and it reminds me of just compacting everything in. However, less than a year, and I speak openly in my experience, and I, and again, I love Samsung. It is a powerhouse. However, they have not perfected the fold. And what I mean by that is it will split. It is uh, mine split in less than a year. Uh, and I found out afterwards through a tr- uh, vigorous uh, challenge why this was happening. And it is the fact of the equipment and the materials used for the folding phone uh, are, they will split. It's plastic. And if you fold plastic, uh, 10,000 times, apparently is what I did, uh, then it it's going to fold over. So I just share with everyone to keep that in mind when you're looking at the, fo- at the product, it is a phenomenal product to buy. It is a powerhouse, productive. You will be so pleased within the first few months, but just be very cautious uh, that if the warranty runs out and the screen is split, that is on you to repair. And it is an expensive venture uh, to take on for one year's uh, worth. So uh, I spoke with Samsung about it actually shown up before the show, just to kind of talk with them about the concerns. And I said, listen, you know, like whether it was me or anyone that bought this, uh, just curious, why? what is Samsung doing? You claim 200,000 folds were going to work with this and that it was capable. I assure you, I did not open and close my phone 10,000 times a day. That would be, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. Um, but anyway, they did say to me, well, there is occasions on some of the products. When they said some, I found out afterwards, it's pretty much 90% of them. Um, and so what I share with everyone. Everyone is that these are not inexpensive products, even with a Black Friday sale, uh, a honeycomb coupon or whatever you use. Uh, just, I don't think the folding phone is ready for mass market and for the price tag they're asking. So just be
1: cautious. Okay, good advice going into uh, gift buying season. Uh, one of the things that I definitely wanted to get in during this discussion is something that's really bugged me for a long time, um, and um, that is how bad Canada's mobile and internet sector is. I mean, <laughs> we are so far behind everybody else in the world.
0: Yes, and uh, and I have to state that you know we we think we're advanced. We are as a nation adapting to the technology, Shona. Like many people out in Canada, across the country in Canada, are actually the most involved when we talk to business and personal use. But uh, we have actually developed, in the world, by the way, this is in Canada, scientists have actually developed an ability to send 1.8 petabits of information at one time. Now, uh, 1.8 petabits is basically the entire internet in one second being transmitted. So that's amazing, right? That's that's fantastic. So, um, however, Canada uh, didn't even make the top 15 fastest mobile internet uh, uh, providers in the world. And number one was Norway. Number two was the United Arab Emirates. And number three was China. And the fact that Canada continues to be adapting and incorporating the technology, we, we love it. We as a nation uh, utilize the technology, yet we don't even crack the top 15 when it comes to high-speed internet. Now that's an infrastructure thing. And remember, we only have three choices to truly help us uh, get to that level. And this is one of the concerns and I've spoke about this many times in the past, we need to diversify and offer a few more options on the
1: plate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm so tired of getting the blue pinwheel of death. (laughs)
0: Well, you, I mean, I, I I talk at the speed of petabits, and I mean, like, even I feel like I'm doing dial-up half the time when I'm trying to send an email. I'm like, oh, come on, this needs to go through. Yes, uh, you know, I'm 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 an advocate for obviously getting into. We're still migrating. 5G is still rolling out, and we got a big country. So let's be fair. Uh, to be fair, across the, the nation, it's not a it's not a low cost investment. However, uh, we've seen how they use it in other countries. That they've integrated multiple different. Uh, incorporated competitions and they work with each other to be able to develop uh, an ability. I mean, we've seen that we thought we had four. now the debate of whether they get bought up by uh, by Rogers is another question. But this is another limitation that I see Canada can can roll in. We could talk about being fast. but The only thing moving quickly is my lips when it comes (laughs) talking about
1: Internet. That is true. You did mention China was number three. And that, I guess, kind of brings us to Huawei, doesn't it?
0: Well, you know, I I sometimes get a little heat when I speak of Huawei because if we've if you haven't heard, Huawei has a very sore point when it comes to technology. It's been ostracized in the US. It's actually being limited in different countries across Europe. But I'm going to tell you they still have some pretty amazing tech. Now, they might be stealing it from others, but it's pretty advanced when they take it and make it better. One of the things they came up with is a smart vision glass. Now, we've heard of virtual reality, and Apple, by the way, will be launching their new VR glasses in a couple uh, couple months, uh, which will be in a future uh, episode we'll talk about. But Huawei has these smart vision glasses. They don't run off their own battery. They plug into your smart device, your phone uh, or your computer. And what it does is it turns uh, your Monitor into a full operational eyeglass uh, visual. So think of it as putting on a pair of glasses, and eventually be turning your monitor into a unlimited size screen. Um, now I haven't had the chance to obviously try these. I've only been able to research it and see what it's about, and otherwise. And I'm sure if I imported it, I'd have you know Canada Border Services wondering what I'm doing, uh, and I'm sure the Chinese Republic uh, would be wondering what I'm looking at on my screen. But it is a really cool cool device that you can actually put on and again no batteries it's not like self-charged bluetooth connected or otherwise it just plugs into your phone plugs in to your computer and it links and makes that screen
1: limitless now you you kind of joked about it but that was one of the first thoughts i had if you're taking some uh, tech from walway and you're plugging it into your computer what else is it doing
0: <laughs> well one thing's for certain if you plug it into twitter elon musk is going to follow you that's for sure <laughs>
1: That is for sure. Uh, While we're talking about tech, um, and I, I know you wanted to talk about bugs, but maybe not the bugs that we usually associate with tech.
0: No, no, this is a a little cool thing. I I like talking robotics and the advancement of what we've seen it with technology. A university in Japan, and I won't even attempt to say it, Shona, because I'll badger it, but uh, the university has developed uh, a glove that interacts with your fingers. And what it does is it allows you, and I know this sounds kind of comical in a way, but to interact with insects, um, like to the size of even a flea. Um, And what it does is it uses a soft micro fingers that allow you to to touch and move and interact with these insects. Now you might be thinking, well, why would you wanna do that? What would be the premise of a bug. Uh, well, the main reason is that this gives scientists the opportunity to actually interact with how bacteria and viruses are impacting. So we look at malaria in mosquitoes or how uh, bed bugs can transfer any kind of viruses of any sort. This ability now lets scientists to be able to interact on us on a micro level to be able to work with insects on any size. Um, and, and it's really kind of neat. They put it over their fingers like gloves, and then through um you know their huawei glasses they'll be able to see very up close uh specifically all the minutiae like looking through a magnifying glass or a uh you know a, a pair of a scope whatever um you'll be able to work with the bugs and be able to see um science purposes to be able to to, to understand how any kind of bacteria or virus is transmitted so this is a, a good thing when we talk about when robots are created to interact with small bugs
1: that's amazing adam we gotta run Well, it's a pleasure to be back, Shona. I got so much more to say. I'm mean, (laughs) i sure you do. But we do have to run, though. (laughs) Adam Oldfield in Tech Talk on 900 CHML in Hamilton, 980 CFL in London. It is brought to you by Vacuum Man Furnace and Duct Cleaning. The
0: Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.